Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Welcome you to our virtual gathering this morning. This is your first time joining us. We want you to know that you are welcome. However you found us, whether it's from our community care response, or whether you just stumbled across us on Facebook or YouTube, or whether you've been coming to Light Church for a long time, I just think it's so amazing that we can continue to gather in this time. And this morning, I really believe that Jesus wants to speak to you, that God wants to do something in your life like he's never done before. Uh, whatever your story is, however you ended up watching today, I really believe that today could be significant. So uh, if you'd like to turn with me with, to John, 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 5. Today we're going to be talking about light. And um, obviously our church is called Light Church. We've never really delved into this before. And obviously there's tons of, of stuff around this. But today I just really felt like this was a message that could speak directly into this season, into this time. Uh, so I'm excited. I do really believe that today could be a significant day for you. And um, I'm so glad that you tuned in. It's so good that we can be together. But 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. If you don't have a Bible, it's all good. I'm going to read it. It says, This is the message that we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all from sin. We're going to jump into this, and in my heart today is that you leave encouraged and inspired, and that this message isn't just knowledge or isn't just a good 30 minutes of your week or whatever it is, but it really transforms you. That it is a day where you draw a line in the sand and say, I want to live differently. I want to live fuller. I want to be more myself, to live in my calling into my future. It's a big heart today, and it's a big part of our church. We really want to help people step into their future through the life-changing message of Jesus. That is what we are all about. And before we jump into this, I'm going to pray, and we'll get going. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you as a new day. I thank you that you are here in every single home with every single person watching. God, I thank you that it doesn't matter who we are, whatever our story is, whatever we've done, whoever we think we are, or how bad we think we've been, or how screwed up we feel. God, I thank you that you do not uh, leave us as you found us, that you to accept us just as we are. We don't need to put on a face. We don't need to put on a front, that we can come to you just as we are. God, I pray today that we can learn to follow you in a new way. Lord Jesus, let our lives be different from today as you meet with us, as you speak to us. We thank you for all that you've been doing. We pray for all those families affected uh, by this virus. God, we thank you uh, that you are moving in a time like this. So we worship you. We thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be talking about light. And a light plays quite a fundamental aspect of our lives, whether you realize it or not. Light plays a central role in our lives. Like, we often take it for granted, but light is one of those things that we experience on a daily basis. Like, we wake up, it's light. We wouldn't be able to function without light. And um, me and Holly, I remember when we moved into our a house that we, we live in now. We've been living in it for about a year. And uh, we had a couple wrestles with light when we first moved in. 
And we, we went in there and we, we looked around, we saw the potential of what it could look like. We saw, you know, this could be different and this could look as cool as this. And so in our youthful naivety, our youthful optimism, we decided to start ripping stuff out. Now, in the moment, it seemed amazing because obviously it was the vision that we were, we were going to realize, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pull this down and change this. And, and one of the things that we ripped down was the, the blinds and the curtains from our bedroom, what was to be our bedroom. Now, what we didn't realize is we didn't really have the money, all the resources, all the materials or whatever you want to call it, to actually put up new blinds or put up new curtains. So we ripped it down in the hope that we were going to experience this really cool vision and Actually, what happened is we had no curtains or blinds in our bedroom. So for the first couple of weeks, we decided to put up uh, cardboard boxes. But then every time we would approach our house and we could see the cardboard boxes, it was a little bit embarrassing. So we thought, we can't do this. It literally looks, oh, it looks awful. So we took them down and we just thought, we're just going to have to just going to have to brave it. Now, we moved into our house in like the end of April, beginning of May. And as you know, the mornings get really, really bright. And many a morning did we lay down and wake up with the sun beaming in on our faces. And it was not a nice experience. Like, obviously, you might be like, oh, it's nice to have sun, but it is just hot and horrible. And I remember just going to sleep, and any time a car drove by, the room would just be super bright. And it was just a lot to get used to. But I remember there was this one time we, we were setting up like this little makeup area for Holly, this little kind of dressing table. And uh, Holly really wanted a mirror in front of it, as you would. So we bought this mirror and Holly desperately wanted it. She wanted it put up and I was just tired and it was kind of later on at night. And, and uh, she really, really wanted it up. So we thought, right, I'll just put it up. So spent ages. I was tired. I was ready for bed. Spent ages. We positioned it right is it going to fit here is it going to go in the middle of this like you know how high and obviously Holly was sitting there pretending to do her makeup and uh, yeah vibing it this is what we're going to do this is how it's going to look and we finally got it up half an hour 45 minutes late we got it up Holly was happy with it we get ready for bed. Everything just looked normal. The room was as bright as it usually was. Um, but we were used to it. So I was ready, proper ready to fall asleep. So I lay down. And I don't know if this was just punishment for I don't know what. But for some reason, it was the brightest moon. The brightest moon that Britain has ever seen was just happened to be perfectly placed in this circular mirror and it wasn't reflecting anywhere but exactly where my pillow was. Like literally, I, I was in the room, looked normal, lay down on my pillow, and it was like a floodlight burning on my face. And like Holly was fine. She was next to me, and I was like, Holly, the moon is brighter than anything I have ever seen before. And it was just beaming in on my face, literally bouncing in off the mirror and straight onto me. And it's funny, light is something we experience, maybe in an irritating way like that, but it's something we experience on a daily basis. I mean, that's a, a pretty basic thing to say. We experience light on a daily basis, and we have uh, different reliances and needs with light. In fact, light is really, really powerful. Light, think about it, our, our calendars, our, our days are revolving around this light. You know, our routines, our rhythms, our ability to work in certain places or read in certain places or to function as people is based on light. It's actually quite central to human life. 
Like I know some of you might think, oh, like the fish that live in the, you know, the deepest part of the ocean sometimes never experience light. And, and that's true. But for human life, light is essential. And it's interesting as we, as we look through this idea of light in the Bible, there are so many different ways that it is used. And I want to bring out an element of it this morning that I think can really, really encourage us. But I mean, let's just look at it basically. What is light? Like other than to be a bit of a reductionist about it, like obviously it is an electromagnetic radiation. So apart from that, what is light? What other than the things that we see, the things that light stuff up, what is it? Well, biblically, Light is a real dynamic picture. And there's a couple of things in the Bible, throughout the Bible, that light signifies, that symbolizes. The first one is life. So if you look at it back in Genesis, God says, let there be light. And then on day four, he made the sun. So there's, there's something else here at work. It's not just visible light. It's not just a thing that helps us see. But there's actually something else to it. In the Old Testament, light often symbolized blessing. So in Numbers, when it says, may the Lord's face shine upon you, this idea of God's light shining on you equals you being blessed. It often, throughout the Bible, in the Old and the New Testament, symbolized divinity or holiness or this sort of righteousness. We see this several times, how angels, it says they're clothed in light or Jesus' garments were made of light. Or it says that when Moses came down from the mountain in the Old Testament, his face was glowing. And it kind of symbolized this kind of encounter with divinity. It was kind of like, you know, the angels were in the, the Christmas story. They were super bright and the, and the shepherds were blinded by them. It's this idea of glory. I think it's interesting, but actually there's another use of light throughout the whole of the Bible. And this is this dynamic imagery of light and darkness, of sort of good and bad. You know, like the typical Hollywood film, the light versus the darkness. And this is actually used all throughout the Bible. And this is what I want to pull out today. In this idea of light and darkness, of God's light, so not blessing, not life, not this sort of divinity or holiness, but they're all parts of this. But actually this idea of God's light, what does that mean? What is that? Well, essentially, when we look at this idea of light and darkness, about walking in the light, this passage that I read out at the beginning that said, if you walk in the light, what does it mean by it? What kind of light is it talking about? Well, it essentially means like God's will, God's presence, God's heart, the thing that God oversees where his eye is cast. It's like his realm. It's like proximity to God. It's like his covering. So this kind of light that we're talking about, it's like being on team God. It's like the thing that is within him. But actually, when we look at the darkness, it is the very opposite of this. Now, just hold up for a second. Darkness is not a thing. It's actually a privation of a thing. So you cannot create darkness. You only create darkness by removing light. So darkness isn't a thing. It's an absence of a thing. So actually, when it talks about light and darkness in this imagery in the Bible, it's not saying this, these equal forces. It's actually saying anything that is of God is light. And anything that is not is in darkness. So anything that is in God's will is of God is, is called the light. And anything outside of that, the privation of that is darkness. So that's the kind of the framework we're going to be working on today. Another quick thought before we jump into this is actually light needs a source. 
Light doesn't just exist. I know some of you might be thinking because you've watched National Geographic or something or some weird YouTube video, that, oh, the light we see in the, from the stars, actually the stars burned out years ago and actually we still see the light, but they still had a source. Light cannot exist without a source. And it's exactly the same with this. When we talk about God's light, light has to have a source. And the source of God's light is God. God is the thing that emits his light. So when we talk about light versus darkness, darkness being a privation, light being the thing that is emitted from God in his covering, in his realm, in his presence. Are we following this? Is this okay? I know you can't respond, but you can respond at home. So if we think about this, light needs a source. And if the source of God's light is God, well, how does light work for us on a human level? Like I said, our days revolve around light. Our work schedules, our life begins to revolve around light, whether it's directly light. Like, you know, we wake up in the morning because of our alarm. Sometimes it's still dark outside. Like I hate those mornings where you're in the shower and you can just see it's dark outside. It's horrible. And um, I used to drive to uni. It was like dark in the morning when I was going and then dark when I was driving back. I just felt like I lived in like, Antarctica or something. I never saw the sun. And um, it's not important, but you'll thank me for knowing that information. Um, But light begins to shape our lives in in ways that we maybe don't even realize. And actually, can I suggest that this is exactly the same for our spiritual lives, our spiritual journey, for the outworking of our faith, even our daily lives in a spiritual sense, that God's light, that light, the, the presence of light in our lives begins to shape our rhythms. It shapes the, the way that we are guided, it shapes our structure, it shapes our focus. In fact, sometimes in a human sense, light creates the right conditions for certain plants to grow or to not grow. In the same way in our lives, certain lights that we follow in our lives allow us the right conditions to grow or the right conditions to not grow. See, I, I know we are saying that God is light, But there's many things that actually masquerade as having light. You know, whether you've experienced this in your own life, I'm sure many of us have. But so often when we want to follow God and we want to have a life of faith and live a life of wholeness and and freedom, often we run to things that seem like they are light, that seem like it's the right way to run. But actually it's like they masquerade as light. All throughout the Bible, this idea of things masquerading as light, they have the appearance that they are the right thing, but actually they just have darkness and hollowness and emptiness behind them. So then this begs the question, whose light are you walking in? And actually, if you can answer that question, what is that light offering? Because light is made up of many different things. We know this about visible light. There's many different colors in that spectrum of light. Light has things in it. In same with God's light, there are things to it. You can make claims about God's light. The Bible makes many claims about what is contained in God's light. And like I said, many other things might have the appearance as though they are light. But can I just ask you, what claims do they make and can they actually fulfill them? I got a couple claims that I think the Bible makes about God's light and how we can walk in that light. In this passage in 1 John where it says, walk in the light. Don't deceive yourselves and walk in the darkness. Don't run after things that pretend to be light, but actually they are not. God is light. 
And these three, three, three thoughts, three, these three claims we can make about God's light can help us to walk in that light. If you're taking notes, the first one is in his light, there is life. In his light, there is life. Let's look at this. John 8, 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is Jesus saying here, I am the light of the world. We said light needs a source. This is Jesus now claiming as God, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will never walk in darkness. You will have the light of life. Let's look at this again. Just a few chapters earlier, Jesus said this in John 1 verse 5. I'm sorry, Jesus didn't say John said this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So what of this life? In his light, there is life. So what of this? What does this mean? Well, actually, let's look at this. The, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That just seems like beautiful imagery. But actually, what this, what this calls to, what this actually talks about is so life-changing. And many of us will understand this to be the center of our faith. But let's look at this. The light shines in the darkness. When Jesus came down to earth, he came into a broken and fallen and dark world. You know, he walked among the very things that he created. But because of the fall back in Genesis, when humanity fell short and sinned, darkness entered. We began to lose the light of life. We began to lose this light. It began to flicker and dim. Not because Jesus wasn't powerful, but because we, we decided something different. Because we turned our backs and we went away from the light. And this sounds quite biblical, doesn't it? Like the light, turn back to the light. It says the light shining in the darkness. This is about Jesus coming down and walking on the very earth that was broken and dark. And it says the light shines in the darkness. See, when Jesus went to the cross for your sin and for my sin, he hung there for our guilt, for our shame, for our insecurities, for every area that we fall short in our life. Jesus hung there and he took on the penalty of sin so that we could experience life. And when he, was, when he was in the tomb, it looked like darkness had won. It looked like death had won. It had its victory. But then Jesus rose again after three days. And what does John say? The darkness has not overcome it. The darkness will not overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome it. In his light, there is life. You know what's interesting is that the light of God, this light that we talk about, is the only thing that provides adequate conditions for life. Now that's just not something, that's not making a claim of one of many things that could do this, but by design, we are designed to exist in the light of God. When we were created back in Genesis with Adam and Eve and that whole creation narrative, we were designed to be in the light of God, to be in his presence, to be in his will, to be within close proximity of our creator. The light of God is the only thing that provides adequate conditions for us to live, to live a life that is truly us, to live a life of abundance and fullness. God's light is the only thing that can provide that. In God's light is the only place that you can find life, the only place where you can actually live 
in freedom and fullness. Can I ask, are you searching for it somewhere else? Are you searching for it in places that maybe look like they can offer you something? It might be success. It might be reputation, job, family. It might be the right car. It might be you know, a certain amount of prestige or money or whatever it might look like in your life. We try and fill this hole in us in so many different ways. We try and get back to that light. We try and, you know, manufacture adequate conditions to be who God created us to be. But by design, we cannot exist outside of the light of God. In His light, there is life. The cross of Jesus It shone into the darkness, into our darkness, into our brokenness. And our brokenness is no match for his light. I wonder, have you made that step today to step in and walk in that light? To be a person that lives their life out of that place and experience real life. Maybe you just feel like something's missing. Like, how could I ever find life again? How could I ever feel fulfilled You were designed to live with your creator. You were designed to live in the light of God. Don't settle for anything less. In his light, there is life. Second thought, in his light, there is sight. In his light, there is sight. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. It says, he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. Now, this should challenge us this morning. He will bring into light what was hidden in the darkness. You see, so often we live our lives and there are things that trip us up. I mean, the other day, Holly was walking through our living room and she was kind of looking at her phone and she'd forgotten that she'd moved our coffee table just a little bit to the left and she wasn't really looking where she was going. And she was just you know, on a mission like she is, and and she nailed into the coffee table, proper, proper fat bruise on her leg. I said, what happened? Like, what's going on? And she's like, I walked into the coffee table. I was like, I mean, it's like only this high. How? She was like, I just wasn't looking. You know, I just think that's such a picture of our life sometimes, whether it's because we're not looking or because it's dark and we cannot see. I mean, many times I've gone downstairs to get a glass of water or something, not turned on the light and walked into the edge of the sofa or bounced off the door frame or whatever it is. But I wonder if this is just a picture of life, that actually we go through life and there's so many obstacles of things that we have left in our, in our lives. It might be unforgiveness. It might just be tendencies that are really damaging, but we just can't see them. We just don't know how to find them. 1 Corinthians 4 or 5 says that he will bring to light things that were hidden in the darkness. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's stuff that we just know we shouldn't be doing. It might even be like certain aspects of morality where we're just like cutting some corners and we're just starting to lose our integrity and it's just starting to damage us. And I said this the other week, we can only do things. We can only address things in our life that we know about. You can't address what you don't know. You can't address what you can't see. When we enter into the light of God, it might be painful sometimes, but God begins to highlight areas of our life. He begins to say, hey, look, you would be so much freer if you left that behind. You would just be be so much lighter if you let go of this. You would just find so much more fulfillment if you just let that fall. When we live in the light of God, we begin to have sight. 
Listen to this in, in, in Psalm 139, 23 to 24. The psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think that's beautiful. Search me, O God, and know my heart. I was reading something interesting the other day and it was, it was this idea that actually if you found out you had mud or dirt on your face, you wouldn't just begin to, to you know, try and feel it. You would, you know, what, what do I look like? How, whereabouts is it? Instead, you would run, you would find a mirror or your phone or whatever it is and you would begin to look and see like, what is this? Where is it? But so often we, we do this very thing where we just begin to, and sometimes we call it being self-aware. But can I just say self-awareness isn't always looking inside yourself. I mean, we've seen enough episodes of The X Factor to know that a lack of self-awareness or when you look for the answer within yourselves, you become pretty misguided. So many people just needed someone else to tell them, hey, I don't think this is your gig. I think you'd be a better pool player. I think you'd be a better horse rider. I don't think singing's for you. You know, so often in our life, if we want to see what's going on, the answer is not about looking into ourselves and, you know, peering in. Because if we could do that, we wouldn't have missed it in the first place. Actually, it's about throwing ourselves on the table and saying, God, can you point out the things that are just broken in me? Point out the things that are just not healthy in me. You know, when we want to address ourselves, if we want to be more self-aware, we need to throw ourselves before God and say, help me. Help me deal with these things. Help me see these things. Throw yourself in front of some good people, people that you trust, people that care for you, and say, look, what have I got going on? What, have, what do I need to address? See, self-awareness isn't always about just looking into yourself because, you know, that age-old lie that says the answer is within, it just isn't. The answer does not lie within us. The, the answer lies in God. That is the only one who can show us the things in us that really are holding us back. Like good community can help and it can, like I said, take these things to people that you trust. They can speak into stuff. But throw yourself before God and say, search me. In his light, there is sight. There is sight to see the things that are holding us back from being who we created to be. There are things that are stopping us walking in freedom. God doesn't want to do it like, a, like an angry parent saying, look what you did. He'll pull you in and say, look, there is so much more on the other side of letting go of this bitterness. There is so much more on the other side of this sin. Just, just deal with it. God wants you to be who he created you to be. He has, put, he has put eternity in your heart. He has put gifts. He has put talents. He has put purpose. He has put something so deep inside of you that only you can do a unique expression for this world. When we begin to walk in the light of God, we can see the things that begin to hold us back. See, sight is not just about visibility. It's also about guidance. So in his light, there is sight. It's not just being able to see things in us, but it's also about guidance. Listen to this. In John 12, 35, this is Jesus saying, he says, the man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Like how simple, how simple is that? It's not even like a big profound thing. Jesus just says, look, when it's dark, you don't know where you're going. You just don't know where you're going. Can I say, so many of us try and do this life on our own. 
you know, we shrug off God and, and, and we push away the light and we just say, you know, I can do this on my own. I can find my own destiny. I can find my own future. I can find my own way. And we, we try and make it happen on our own. But plain and simply, we are designed to walk in the light of God. We will never step into who God has made us to be if we are walking in darkness. Why? The man, the person, the woman, the whatever. The person who walks in the dark does not know where they're going. Simple as that. When you step into God's light, you begin to see the future he has for you. You begin to become the person he has for you. It isn't just about visibility, which is so important. Can I ask you this morning, maybe challenge you. Have you been trying to do this on your own? Have you been trying to live a life possibly in the darkness because you think you know better? Or is it time to allow God to guide our steps? It says in the Psalms that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. He wants to light up the way before us, to guide us, to help us in the decisions we need to make, in the life that we need to create. God wants to walk through that with us. In his light, there is sight. The final thought is in his light, there is future. In his light, there is future. Now, this encourages me, especially in a time like this, in the, in the landscape of the world we live in, where there's lots of fear, there's lots of brokenness, lots of pain. In his light, there is future. There is hope for tomorrow. Hope is not lost, even when it seems like it is. Hope is not lost. Let's look at this in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. I love this. It says, but you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. You are God's special possession. To declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. God has called you. You know that? God has called you out of your sin, out of your brokenness, out of your weird deficient ways. And he has called you into glorious light, filled with future, filled with hope, brimming full of potential. God has placed stuff inside of you. Do not, do not rob the world of what you have to offer because you want to walk in the darkness. God created you to walk in the light. He has future. He has hope. Maybe you're facing some stuff right now and you just think, ah, I didn't think life was going to turn out this way. I, maybe a career fell through, a relationship fell through, family fell through, maybe businesses or finance, whatever it is. And maybe you find yourself in this place right now, in the midst of this coronavirus and the, the craziness of the news and all that's going on. And you just think, I just don't feel like there is much future. Things just seem dim. God has called you out of darkness. He sent his son to die on the cross so that you could pass from darkness into light. He's placed things inside of you that will only come out in the light. That future, that hope, the belief that our best is yet to come. You know, I don't know how people live without that idea of hope. I've told this story before and 
uh, me, Ash, and Josh, I remember we were out on the park and we were skating and we were just doing whatever we were doing. This was a few years ago and we were setting up for an event that we were going to be doing, like a festival in the park, Mark Generation. And, and we were talking to this one kid and we were going back and forth and just saying, oh, how's it going? You know, what are you up to? And he was asking what we were doing and we were telling him, hey, we're Christians. This is, this is the vibe. This is what we're setting up. No, we're not weird people. No, I don't wear robes and all that sort of stuff. And um, I, I just remember him starting to tell us about how he came from a real difficult place. His dad had tons of health conditions. His, I'm pretty sure his mom has passed away or was in a, not a good place. So it was just a real messy situation. He was a young kid, maybe nine or 10 years old. And uh, he had tons of health conditions in and out of hospital, nearly died. And, and I remember, I can still see his face now. I remember just asking him, like, hey, I know you're saying all this stuff and it sounds really difficult, but do you not think there's hope? And this kid, nine or 10 years old, was staring at the floor. And I just remember him stopping what he was doing. And he was like playing with a stick. And he just like looked up at me with a genuine sincerity on his face. Like, there's no such thing as hope. And he didn't say it like he'd heard it on some like soap opera or something. He just said it with such a conviction. Like he genuinely believed that there was no hope. It proper moved me, it proper broke me. I just thought there are kids walking around on our streets that believe there is not a brighter future, that believe their best days have already been. How could life get any better? You know, I'm here to tell you whether you believe that or not this morning. There is future inside of you. God has called us from darkness into glorious light and he has got future and hope for us. That even though things might seem dim and dark around us, He is pushing us, He is driving us into a glory, into our calling, into our future. Things might still look messed up. They might look broken, but there is always hope. Why? Because hope has a name and His name is Jesus. You can know hope for yourself. Hope went to the cross and hope rose again for you so that we could sit here in this mess and still believe that there is a brighter future for us. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. In his light, there is future. In his light is the only time, in the only place, is the only condition for you to be truly you. For you to be the you that God breathed life into. The you that God called and designed. In his light, there is life. In his light, there is sight. And in his light, there is future. Coming into land this morning, I, I just wanted to read out the, the chorus of quite a famous hymn. We don't sing too many hymns at Light Church, but every now and again, some of the words, I encourage you, like it's not because we think the words are bad or whatever. We just, you know, we're really passionate about fresh expression and creativity and, and singing to God a new song and things that are real ripe for our season right now. But can I encourage you to read some of the words of some hymns? They're just rich with theology, rich with real deep understandings of who God is. And listen to this. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Can I encourage you to stop looking elsewhere? Stop looking around, stop running to things that only masquerade as light. 
Instead, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look on into his face. His face of glory, his face of beauty, his face of love, his face of hope, of peace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn away from all this other stuff and just focus on Jesus. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. Where? In the light of his glory and grace. It's only found in Jesus. Life is only found in Jesus. Hope is only found in Jesus. Jesus is the answer to all your problems. He is the answer to every bit of emptiness you feel in your soul. There is nothing else that can fill it. Only Jesus. It will only ever always be Jesus. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what it is you're coming up against. You might have had a real difficult week. You might be really struggling in isolation. You might be, you know, really struggling with life as we know it right now. With family members or whatever it is. But don't run into the darkness. Don't take this into your own hands. Just turn your eyes towards Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And my prayer for you this morning is that we would open up our lives to his light. Every bit of it. Not hide bits back and not, you know, shrink bits. Like, oh God, I'll give you my family. I'll let that bit live in the light. But you just, you can't take my addictions. They just can't be sorted out by you. That has to be done by me. I'll, I'll carry this. My heart today is our response to this message is to tear off the lid. To open up every area of our life into his light. And watch what he does with it. To open up the dark corners and push them into his light. Maybe for a second group of people listening, maybe you're sat here and you've heard these messages week on week or you've heard this today for the first time and you just say, I've never taken that step to walk in the light of God. To know this Jesus that you talk about. To know this hope that you talk about. It is a foreign concept. Today is the day you can step into the light and acknowledge what Jesus did on the cross for you allows you to live a life of freedom and hope and righteousness with God. Today is a day you just need to say a simple prayer that will allow you to walk in that light. Jesus, I give you my life. It's as simple as that. To allow him into our darkness, to allow him in to the spaces we hide. Jesus, I give you my life. And allow him to flood your life with his light. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that even when we're broken, when we're messed up, even in light of all that stuff, that we walk in darkness, that we hide things from you, God, I pray today your light would just flood and infiltrate every area of our life. God, let us live a life that you designed for us. God, we just acknowledge there is no life outside of you. Help us to daily walk in your light to walk in close proximity, to walk in relationship with you. To not just be onlookers or commentators or a little bit spiritual here and there, but have a relationship with you. And God, I pray for every single person that prayed that simple prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. I pray that your light of heaven would just flood their lives right now. Open their eyes to the glorious future you've, you've set out for them. 
for all that you've put inside of them, for the hope, for the, for the belonging, for the peace, for the future you've put inside of them. God, awaken something in them right now. Holy Spirit, we pray over every single person that you would just flood them right now. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all you're doing. We thank you for an amazing morning in church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that simple prayer, Jesus, I give you my life, we'd love to hear off you. We've got a couple of the team jumping on at the end to uh, explain how you can get in touch. But other than that, we've loved having you with us. We're so honored that you decide to tune in with us every week. Uh, we just love the fact that we can gather like this. And uh, I really believe that if we put this stuff into action, our lives will look so different. We will experience freedom and we will experience purpose in the light of who Jesus is. Let's not shrink back. Let's not hide that light. Let's not be people who decide to walk in darkness and run after other things. Let us be people of light. We love you guys. We're praying for you. We hope you're all safe and well. Other than that, we will see you next week. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.